Thank you for tuning into this teaching. We hope this message blesses you. Our mission as Marigold Church is to do anything and everything so that anyone and everyone can encounter the real Jesus. We hope as you listen to this, you encounter the real Jesus. Let him transform your mind, transform your heart, and encounter you today. Welcome back. We are continuing with our series 10, the 10 commandments. We're talking strictly about the Ten Commandments. And of course, we've got a couple of more videos that we're going to be sending, kind of part twos on a couple of these messages. And and we look forward to sending those out. Those won't be Sunday messages as much as they'll be just kind of midweek uh, bonus messages that we'll be sending out soon. But I want to get straight into it because I think I've got a lot to cover today. And we're going to talk about uh, commandment number nine. So here, here we go. In commandment number six, it, 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 the six through ten commandments, uh, he lists them out. God lists them out really quickly. The first five commandments, we talked about this, how they really deal directly with our relationship with God and his expectation of us when it comes to him. And uh, I told you there was ten. So we have five that deal with uh, our relationship with God to man, and then really five that deal with our relationship man to man. And so this is God's expectation. And the way we look at the Ten Commandments is, is not ten separate um, items. They are, they, are, they are ten components that make one, uh, one command or one, one list or, or one joint uh, uh, component, uh, much like a chain would have many links in it. But it's one chain. And so this is a chain of, of 10 links. And you can say that really this is God's law. This is his, his moral code, his moral law for our lives. And, and this is how we are to conduct ourselves. In many ways, you can say that this 10-link chain was to connect us to God. Now, the moment you break one of the commands, you've broken the chain. There's a disconnect between uh, God and ourselves. And so that's where Jesus really comes in and says, you know, I, I'm going to step in and I'm going to, I'm going to connect that back. I'm going to be that connector. And that is something because you and I, we, no matter how much we try, we are going to break the 10 commandments. We are going to break one of the commandments. Maybe in, in listening to this, I've already pricked you in a, in your heart in an area where you're saying, man, I'm failing at that and I need to get better at that and I really need God to help me with that. And so that's what we're talking about. We're talking about these 10 commandments that 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 they, in breaking them, we break our connection with God and we and that's where we need a savior. We need Jesus. It's not just a, a convenience or anything. We truly, truly need him. So let's get into it. We're going to pray, and then I'm going to read just uh, the last of these Ten Commandments, and then we'll talk about commandment number nine. Father, we thank you for your blessing over our lives. We thank you, Father. We're blessed to be able to read your word and to dive into it and understand it. We thank you, Father, just uh, that I, I thank you that uh, that I've heard your voice this week and just in just in 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 encountering you Father God and seeking you and I thank you Lord God that that you would just help me to portray that and and just really really that they just I would put that out there where others can can grab a hold of that I think uh, more importantly Father is I want people to hear these words but Lord more importantly I want them to hear your word I want them to I want them to hear your voice speaking in their heart and how just how important this is 
and just how how much this reveals your heart in Jesus name. So if we look in Exodus chapter 20, I'm going to start in verse 13 and it says you shall not murder. That's commandment number 6, verse 14. You shall not commit adultery. Verse 15, you shall not steal and verse 16, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. That is commandment number 9. That is what we're covering today. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Now, this gives us a picture of bearing false witness. This is giving us a picture of a courtroom setting. And so here we have a courtroom setting, and and we're and are we bearing false witness? Now, there's different ways that we can bear false witness. I've I have a lot of experience in court, mostly just because in my personal life, uh, you know, going for custody and fighting to protect my my children and and things of that nature. And so uh, I remember early on, it scared the fire out of me to to, to step into a courtroom. I just I, it was more of a, a just a reverence uh, for this for this place and and obviously not wanting to be in uh, put in jail, not not wanting to be a, accused or to to accuse. I, I just there was a weight that I felt going into the courtroom and and really a reverence um and uh, for the for the court for for the 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 the, the judges or uh in in that in that uh, kind of setting um and and so i mean just imagine we we have we live in a court every day sometimes it's it's the court of 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 you know legal court maybe you've had uh, some experience in that maybe it's the court of public opinion uh, and then, and then you also have the heavenly courts as well. But it's talking about being a false witness. Now, when someone gets up on the stand, they swear on the Bible. What do they swear? To tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And really, the command number nine is all about getting to the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Now. The courts, and we're talking about the courts of the land, which is, our, of course, our, our the legal realm, the, the court of public opinion, the social realm, just, you know, your opinion and how we share it, and 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 whether that's online, whether that's social media, whether that's just talking at the office or talking out on the job site, whatever that looks like for you. Maybe you're in a restaurant setting, and and you're talking uh, amongst your your the waitresses, or you're, you're having dinner, and you're talking amongst the family. But that's this court of public opinion, which is more the social realm. And then obviously the court of heaven, which is the heavenly realm. But I want to talk about the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. I want to give you seven different ways that we can be a a false witness. Okay, so this is a witness that's not giving of the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Number one is an outright lie, just going up to up in and maybe that it's in one of these three courts, but it's the it maybe in, in the court of public opinion, you just outright lie about someone. Maybe it's before a judge, maybe it's uh in the heavenly. You you're in your you're praying and you're praying an outright lie, and or you're you're confessing something that's an outright lie. That is being a false witness to to stand before before a judge, to stand before God and be lying or just to be lying 
about someone. Maybe you, you, you're you're telling a, a fib. Maybe it's to make you look good. Maybe it's uh, you know to get a little edge in or something. But you're just telling an outright lie. Not much truth to it all. Maybe it's a half truth, but you know it's a half truth, and you're spinning it and you're twisting it, and it's just an outright lie. You know what you're doing, and you know you should stop doing it. The second one is a suggestive hint. And so you hear about in court, you know, that something has to be proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. Well, maybe you're just hinting for the sake of casting a shadow of doubt on someone. Maybe it's a shadow of doubt on their character or their own testimony. You know, it, it maybe it's it's not necessarily an outright lie. And maybe you're not even opening your mouth to do it. Maybe it's just kind of like a you know, just a little face that you make. Maybe it's a little, uh, I don't know, you know, uh, you know, someone saying, you know, what if, oh, I I, I really admire old uh, John. He He's so faithful to his wife. And, 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 and you may hint, well, all right, if you think so. And, and that could be a baseless thing, but I mean, that's, that's creating the shadow of doubt, right? Or Oh, isn't so-and-so just a, man, a good person? Well, that's not what I heard. Or, you know, just kind of this this shadow of doubt. And it may be completely false and baseless, but it's just this hint, this suggest, this, 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 uh, just a hint or a suggestion uh, that's, that's being a false witness, uh, just a hint. Another way is to ignore the story. Maybe you're hearing something that you know is not true. Or you hear someone that's trying to drop that shadow of a doubt, and you know for a fact that what they're doing is wrong. But you know what? Because it doesn't affect you directly, uh, we can kind of pass that one by. You know, it, it does none of my business. It's not really hurting me. That's their issue. And we could be a false witness if we if we know we should stand up for something. And I'm not use. I'm not saying we use that as a as a way to go ahead and pry our nose into every little business. That's not what I'm saying either. But if you hear that pricking, you know that pricking your heart or, or God's just speaking to you like, hey, you need to speak out about that or or there's just an, un, an unease that comes over you when you hear it. To stay silent is a false witness. Number four, selecting only bits and pieces of the story. Maybe... You have to give a testimony, and you're, or and, and maybe it's not in in actual in a legal court. Maybe it's just you're just you're talking about someone's character, and and someone asks you, "Hey, what about so and so?" But you're you're not telling the whole story. Maybe you're just telling the bad parts, to to because you've got a certain thing or a certain end in mind, or maybe you're just telling the good parts, and maybe they're asking about something that you did or your life or anything, and so you're only sharing the good parts. Maybe it's about a neighbor and you're only sharing certain things to get the end that you want, but you're not telling the whole story. You're purposely omitting certain facts. That is a false witness. That goes into this area of, of it's it what you're saying is true, but it's not the whole truth. So you can be telling the truth, but not telling the whole truth. So we're not, it's not enough to just tell the truth. We're, we're here to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So here we here we go. So that's selecting only bits and pieces of the story. Next 
Number five, adding to the story. Maybe you're adding your own little spin to it. Maybe you're telling all the facts, but you don't stop there. Now you're adding to it to sway those facts in a way that will will bring this in that you want. Maybe it's slandering a neighbor. Maybe it's you're, you're just adding this oh little little dose of this and 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 it's now it's it's the truth and it's the whole truth. But now it's not uh, uh, only the truth. Nothing but the truth. Now you're adding to it. You're adding to the truth. And that's 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 being a false witness as well. One that kind of I would almost put in the same category, but a little different. Number six, I would say exaggerating the story. So maybe it's not that you're just adding a certain thing, but you're 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 just blowing them up a little bit. It, it maybe it's a, it's a little it's kind of a, a molehill, but you're making a mountain of it either through suggestion and and or or, or an overreaction on your part. Maybe someone messed up at work, and you know what? At the end of the day, yeah, it was a mess up. Not really that big of a deal. But by you making it a big deal and exaggerating it, you've really made your your coworker look really bad. And and for what? It, it, there's nothing gained, and no, they and and they have everything to lose. You've really gained nothing. But but maybe your hope is by diminishing them. You've exalted yourself. That that's being a false witness. Even just exaggerating. Maybe it's exaggerating somebody's greatness, and that kind of gets me back. You know, uh, next to the next one, number seven, which is outright flattery. You're you're just oh, you're the best. Oh man, everything is going good. Oh, you're so you're so wonderful. You're such a great leader. You're such a great manager. You just flattery. Flattery is a is a false witness. There, I, I was reading a, a saying this week, and 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 uh, and I guess it's a, a popular saying. The guy was that had mentioned it. And I was listening to a a podcast and a, a Kerry Newhoff like a leadership uh, podcast, and and one of his guests said uh, that he was uh, afraid of 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 being a CEO, and he was a kind of a COO. And was had an opportunity to become a CEO and young guy, and it, I guess and maybe in his mid-30s, maybe or 40s or something. But anyway, young guy taking over the CEO position and or having the opportunity, but really being really trigger shy about it. And this is why, is he said there was a popular saying, and, and it really, really fed into his psyche about how he went about looking at this uh what would have been a promotion or a better opportunity for him it said he said the first day of being a ceo is the last day anyone tells you the truth what a what a what a dangerous place to be to be surrounded by people who do nothing but flatter you and and they never tell you the truth you know what you'll never improve and 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 if you seek flattery you'll never improve don't seek a false witness to make you look good because at the end of the day, what is it? It's false. It's fake. It's fake, right? And so why do we do those seven things? Why? I'm going to give you four different reasons that I believe uh, that we do these things. Number one is cowardice. 
just fear of reprisal. What if what happens if I tell the truth? Will will, will somebody uh act against me if I tell the truth? Maybe I know someone has done something wrong. And they know I'm the only person that knows. Do I have the courage to do what's right and say, you know what? I, I need to I need to tell someone what this person did. It's not right. It's hurting someone else. It's at the expense of someone else if I stay silent. You know, sometimes it could be cowardice. We're just fear, we're fearful of what could happen. What if I get fired? What if so-and-so won't be my friend anymore? What if it makes me look bad? What if I lose in the court of public opinion? There can be a lot of different reasons why we're fearful to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That one, cowardice. The second one, I would say, is prejudice. The truth doesn't fit our own preconceived idea or our own preconceived end. And so we have a prejudice, and, 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 and in this prejudice, the truth comes through. But if I tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth, man, that goes against my prejudice. That means I have to change. That means I'm wrong in my thinking, and pride steps in. So first is cowardice, and next is prejudice. It goes against what my preconceived belief is. It's causing me to have to change. The next one is avarice. Avarice. You've got something to gain by, by, by withholding the truth. Or creating a lie. Maybe there's a promotion on the line. And if I can make this guy look bad and make me look good, guess who gets the promotion? That's avarice. And that's being a false witness. That's to, to lie for gain is avarice. So we have cowardice, we have prejudice, we have avarice. And the fourth one I want to talk about is malice. Malice. There's a it, there's a reason why so many gossip columns, magazines, uh, gossip uh, that flows through social media, through fake news, through real news, through um, every everything that we want to know about who's in Hollywood and and who's in Los Angeles and who's in New York and everywhere in between and and what are the movie stars doing and what are the pop stars doing and it's malice. We love gossip. We love to hear lies. You know what? Sometimes it makes us feel good about ourselves when other people have fallen. Oh, and when we hear the news, oh man, that's oh, that's great to hear because that gives me an excuse to be who I am. Oh, I knew that preacher wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. So that's my excuse not to do what I'm supposed to do. It's malice. There's something in us. You know, the Bible, the scripture talks about being one like our father. And when it talks about people that are 
that are that love to lie and love to be a false witness, it's not talking about our being in love with our Father God or, or taking after our Father God. It's talking about the, the father of lies, Satan, the devil. In fact, the very word devil, is it comes from the Latin dia, balo, which is kind of in the Spanish where we would get diablo, but the slanderer, dia, the word dia, the Greek, is to pierce through, to, to break through. Balo is to throw, just to throw, haphazardly, just to throw until something pierces through. The father of lies, the slanderer. And when we throw our words around carelessly, maliciously, not, not really understanding what it's going to cut through, where it's going to hurt someone. We are not lining up with the Father God. We're lining up with the Father of lies, Satan. You know, I want to share with you not, not only that he was the father of lies. And when we think of lies as the father of lies, we think of just these outright lies, which was like the first one we talked about. But it's a lot more, he's the father of half-truths. And one of the things that I would teach my kids is, is a whole, you know, a half-truth is a whole lie. And so... We, we can look in Genesis. As we look in Genesis, we're going to see where the, the devil, Satan, as a serpent, he tells these half-truths, right? So start starting with Eve. So what does he tell Eve? If you eat of any of these trees, you will surely die. Well, that was a, that was a partial truth. It wasn't if she ate of any of the trees. But if she ate of one of the tree, yes, that was the truth. If she ate of the one tree that God told them not to eat of, then yes. But he kind of he threw that in there, given that, that shadow of a doubt. I can't eat any. Wait a minute. I, I've been eating a lot. I've been eating of this tree over here and that tree over here. I'm, I'm just not supposed to eat of... This one that they, they, they told me not to, that God told me not to. So there's that half-truth. Next, the serpent again, he said, he, he, he deceives Adam and Eve. He says, if you eat of this fruit, your eyes will be opened, and then you'll be like God's. That was a half-truth. If they would eat of the fruit, yes, their eyes would be opened. That was the truth. But no, they would not be like God. They would be more like dogs. And because they believed the half lie, they ate of the fruit, their eyes were opened, and they hid themselves because they saw themselves as naked and shameful. Which brings me to Adam. God asked Adam, where are you? And Adam said, I, I'm here. I heard you, but I hid because I'm naked. That was a half-truth. 
So now he's taking after his father, the the devil of this father of lies. Now he's telling half truth. Yes, he hid, but not because he was naked. He was always naked. He was hiding because he was ashamed. Cain, Adam and Eve's son, God asked him, where's your brother? Where's your brother Abel? He says, am I my brother's keeper? What is that? That's that's not that's not being completely truthful. He's speaking the truth in the fact that, no, he's not his brother's keeper. But he knew God wasn't asking him about location. But that's the way he prefaced it. Do I don't know. Where, am I his keeper? Am I to keep his location? And you can go on throughout the Bible and you see pictures, not just of man, but of ourselves. How many times have I said a half-truth? And I I justified it based on the half-truth. Instead of looking at it as a whole lie that it is. Maybe I just hinted of someone. Maybe you've done that. Maybe you've maybe you've done it today. Maybe you've done it in the past week and you've slandered someone. And it and we and we just had the attitude it's not a big deal. It's not a big lie. It's not a gross lie. It's more of a white lie. But a lie will hurt someone. And it keeps us from the truth. And that is the ultimate thing. Because without truth, there is no justice. Why do the courts spend so much time question and question and question is to get to the truth. Because there can be no true justice without truth. So you have Jesus. He comes to the earth. And what does he say? I am the way, the truth. And the life. So the truth came down to earth in this place of lies. We are surrounded by lies. Turn on the news, you're gonna hear lies. Turn on the get up on, on your social media, you're gonna hear lies. Do we know what the truth is? It's so confusing. There's so much information. Half the time, do you know who's telling the truth? There's people you you trust and you and and you just think that they're living the truth and then you you find out things about them later on and they've been living a lie. But you have Jesus and he says, "I am the truth, the way, the life." Or I'm the way, the truth, the life. He's the truth. What did we do with the truth? We crucified him. Why was Jesus crucified? For telling the truth. They asked him, are you the son of God? He said, I am. And they could not take it. Because if he was the truth, then they were living a lie. And it's easy to point fingers at them. And say, well, that was them in the Bible. Or that was the Jewish people. Or that was the Romans. That, that, what does that have to do with me? How many times has God confronted you 
How many times has God confronted me? And I said, no. I don't want that. I'd rather pin that on a wall. Because I'm more comfortable in my lie than in the truth. And it's all about getting to justice. You know, the lie couldn't hold Jesus in the grave. And the truth, Jesus being the truth, was resurrected. And if there's some lies that are living in you, those things need to be pinned down. Those things need to be pinned to the cross. But here's the great thing. If you will make a decision and say, you know what, I am not going to be a false witness. I will not bear false witnesses against my neighbor. God will give you the strength to bear any false witness that is brought against you. The devil is a false witness. He is slandering you. He slandered Job in the Bible. But God said, no, that's not true. You can take everything away from him. And he will worship me. He is a true worshiper. Because that was the truth. The slander that the enemy had, oh, he'll curse you. That wasn't the truth. The truth is, no, he's going to worship me no matter what. And that was brought out. And God wants to bring this out in you. But in order to have justice and to be justified in your life, you've got to live the truth. That means living the truth in our uh, for our neighbor, for for our family, for our workplace, in the church with God. I encourage you to live the truth. One of the things that I pray over my children. Many many times we've prayed this, and it it's almost kind of become a slogan in our house. But but it's something that we truly truly believe in. And I say this, I pray this over my kids, and I pray this over you. Father, I ask that you would help them to be seekers of truth, to be finders of truth, to be lovers of truth, and to be livers of truth. That we would not stop seeking the truth until we find it. And once we find it, we would not reject it, we would love it. We would cherish it. We would honor it. We would give it value. Value enough that we would apply it in our lives and live it. That is my prayer over you. Father, I thank you that you would help us, Lord, to, to, to slander our neighbor. Lord, that's, that's our fallen nature. To lie, to make ourselves look good, that's our fallen nature. Father, we, we could not stop that on our own. Father, we need your power. The same power that resurrected you from the dead, Jesus, we need that to, to crucify this thing in us called lies and to raise that truth up in us, Father. And I thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit comforts us, engages with us, so that we can live out the truth. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Hey, if this message or any of the content that we've been putting out has blessed you and you're wondering how you can partner with us in generosity, there are a couple ways to do that. You can download the PushPay app and you can search Marigold Church and you can give that way. You can also set up reoccurring giving and it's really user friendly. It makes it really easy to give. You can also text Marigold to 77977 and give that way. We believe God moves through a generous heart. And so we would love to see what God does through you as you partner with us and as we walk through this journey together.